In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Whenever we come to the Good Friday, everyone is thinking and asking himself how to reflect the power of the cross in his life. But sometimes we are even missing the meaning of the cross. So let me share with you what we read today in the third hour, the homily of St. Athanasius, and what is going to be read again in the eleventh hour by St. Athanasius. I will connect them with the Pauline epistle of the third hour as well. If you have your book, it's page 386, the homily of St. Athanasius. And he was telling us why the cross, why Christ came. He's telling us, he came to us as a physician manifesting himself to us. So which sort of a physician? Unfortunately, in the West, Christ is like a forensic physician. He came to us, you are a sinner. And maybe he knows the sin that I am dying with. You are adulterer, you are thief, you are whatever you are. But he's giving no solution. This is the Western theology. Telling us, your problem is sin. But St. Athanasius is telling us, this is not the teaching of the church from the beginning. Why? He came to us as a physician, manifesting himself to us. He did not come to us who are sick, but who are dead. Therefore, he did not heal us who are sick, but raised us from death that swallowed us, and he freed us from its bond. Christ the Lord died for us so that we may have life with him forever. So he is not a forensic physician, he is an everlasting giver of life. So when we think of the cross in this way, to be totally different. So when we think of the cross as only forgiveness of sins, definitely it was forgiveness of sins. But before anything, as Saint Athanasius was saying, he did not come to heal the sick, but to raise the dead. And then we can deal with it. If you imagine this forensic physician is giving us a proper diagnosis, that this person died because of a heart attack, and that's it. We can't do anything for him. But Christ came as a life giver physician first, and then he's able to heal us. But what are we going to gain out of it? What is the difference? Let me summarize first the theology of St. Cyril in one sentence and then we go through it to see what we have gained in the cross and why it's first killing this and then forgiving sins. The whole theology of St. Cyril the Great is summarized in this statement that death is the problem, sin is the disease, salvation is the process. So our problem was death, our disease is sin and salvation is a process. How we can go through this process to enjoy the salvation that we are looking for. We read in the same hour this Pauline epistle. St. Paul was telling us in Colossians chapter 2 from verse 13 to 15. And you being dead in your sins. Again, where is the problem? You are dead. Your disease is sin. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh has he made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it on the, to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What does it mean again? He's telling us now the enemy, as we say in the liturgy, 
this which entered into the world they how through the envy of the devil and now Christ came took our flesh and trembled upon this as we always sing during the whole 50 days starting from the Easter night Christ came to tremble this upon this so he killed this and then he gave us the forgiveness of sins but we think of it is it that this is it ended on the cross or is it a process as Saint Cyril said this is the problem sin is the disease salvation is the process we'll find out that the second homily we'll hear it in a few minutes in the eleventh hour Saint Saint telling us he gave us a power to live a holy life. It's not a matter of your sins are forgiven. No. It's a matter of how we lead a holy life. If you go to page 432, the second homily of St. Essentials of today in the 11th hour, it is written in the scriptures, if our souls are following the law of God, the powers of darkness will not overpower us. It's a process. It is something great happened on the cross to live it all your life. It's not one of... In, in the book of Hebrews, St. Paul said many times, he did it once for all. And in the West, he understands the word that once for all in the past. Our Easter theology is telling us it's once for all and forever. Still continuous act. So till today, what we read in Colossians 2 is available for everyone of us. He is telling us, and having spoiled principalities in other translations, he disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So he has no power anymore, which means the process of salvation is a victorious walk. Why again? Because we know that if our souls are following the law of God, the powers of darkness will not overpower us. If we drift away from God, they will rule over us. So it's a question for you and me this evening or afternoon. Who is ruling? Are you ruling and having the power over them? Then you are enjoying the full power of the crucified risen Lord. If you are still defeated, if there is no power to com- com- commit yourself to the commandment of the, of the Lord, then the cross is still a story, a sign, but no power for you personally. What is really amazing, the next prophecy we'll read in the 11th hour <coughs> is from the book of Exodus chapter 12, which is the story of the Passover. It tells us again why the problem is death, not sin. Sin is the disease. If you read the whole chapter, Exodus chapter 12, you'll find it very clearly. There is nothing mentioned about sin at all. The firstborn is going to die of anyone who is not going to put the blood of the Lamb on the door. So it was the main issue that is death for the firstborn. And he's telling me again, you and me, on day one when you were baptized, you received this power. This covenant has been made yours. But it's time to enjoy it, to have it as a process of victory. If you go to chapter 13 and 14 in the same book of Exodus, you'll find in chapter 14 why the Israelites were having such freedom. Are you looking for freedom? Here is the way. The way was on the night that the angel came and he killed all the firstborn who are not under the protection of the blood of the Lamb. And it tells us that every house in Egypt there was a cry because there is someone who was killed in this house. Which means the enemy was defeated. And then Pharaoh told them, go. And they went. 
So, in this day, on the Good Friday, it's the fullness of this symbol. Or it was reality for the time that they have been freed because the enemy has defeated and he's crying. And today we hear the same thing. That the enemy has been defeated and he is crying because our Lord has defeated him for good. Again, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So let us think in the next hour when we read the prophets and the gospels of the 11th hour. Am I living the full power of the cross or not yet? It's not a matter of how many crosses do you have at home, or is it a tattoo in your hand, or is, is it gold, or whatever it is. Are you walking in the process of salvation, enjoying that he disarmed the principalities for you? He was not in need of it. He is the God of God and the Lord of Lords. But you and me were in need for someone who is more powerful than our enemy to disarm him. The enemy has been disarmed. This has been defeated on that day and the process of salvation is yours and mine we are encouraging each other not only to hear or to celebrate feasts but to lead a holy life that everyone can see a risen Lord in every one of us may the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever Amen. in the name of the Father